titled this little book that we're going to study. I'm going to preach it, but it's going to be like a study at the same time. A little bit different than maybe what you're used to hearing me do. But, but I want you to learn this great book of 1 John. It changed my life. There have been books that have really, really done a number on me, and this is one of them. Amen? I've entitled this little book, Good News. Good News. Good News. The study of uh, 1 John. Let's go with it and uh, see what we can find. Pop it up. We're moving now. Amen? Title of my message today in this first chapter is The Word of Life, the God of Light. Say that with me. The Word of Life, the God of Light. Can y'all do it one more time with me because I'm scared you're sleeping on me. Here we go. The Word of Life, the God of Light. Here we go. See what we can find today. The book of 1 John was written late in the first century. Okay? Late in the first century. About 50 plus years after the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. Okay? So a good while has passed. Just think about this country 50, 60 years ago. Was it a different country? Yes or no? Were things a lot different? Sure. You can imagine they're no different. Things had changed. Okay? Jesus is gone. Things are different. The disciples, most of them, have been killed. Okay, other people are taking over. It's just different. Time has passed. Now, the Apostle John is now a what? He's an old man. Old. Okay, when you get old, you like to rest a little bit, right? Come on, I'm old. And so he's ready to rest. But there's a problem. False teaching. Because 50, 60, 70 years had passed. False teaching. And error was creeping into the Christian churches. Can you imagine the horror that John must have felt? The one that the Bible says is the apostle that Jesus loved. He loved them all, but there seemed to be this special relationship that Jesus had with John. And can you see, can you feel his heart that the errors creeping into the Christian church and this old apostle, he's known for his what? But this old man is about to do what? He's about to fight back. Say fight back. Come on. Fight back. And it's worth fighting for your faith. It's worth standing for your faith. It's worth, you know, it's worth doing whatever you got to do, man, to stand on the Word of God. Amen? And that's what this old man is doing. And thank God he did it for us. He did it for us so that when we hold this Bible, we can see we've got truth. Amen? And God used this man. Now, this false teaching, what was the false teaching? We could get into that. We might a little bit. But the false teaching was raising questions about the personal, the real personal existence of Jesus. The real personal existence of Jesus. Boy, is that ever something out there. You don't believe in Jesus, do you? I mean, you don't believe some book that was written like 2,000 years ago, do you? You don't believe written by men, do you? I mean, you literally believe in Jesus, that he came born of a virgin. You don't believe in Jesus, do you? That's nothing new today. It was right back there. Satan hates Jesus. Oh, by the way, he hates you as his follower. Okay? He goes about as a roaring lion wanting to, to eat your lunch. That's what he wants to do, eat you up. Okay? So that was the false teaching. The teaching was called Gnosticism. And basically, basically Gnosticism says that Jesus was not really born of the flesh, but he was only seemed to have a human body. He was just a spirit or he was a ghost. Okay, that's at the basis of their belief, but it goes further than that. Keep looking. They thought the more you know, it's really not about Jesus. 
It's about how much knowledge you have. Okay? See, and that knowledge is going to increase your spirituality. Guys, I hate to say it. I'm for discipleship. I'm for learning the Scriptures. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to know Jesus. Okay? Some people are ever learning and knowing more and more, but they, they, they're not living for the Lord. They don't know hardly anything about the Lord. They're not, you're not, you know, they're not evangelizing. They're not talking about Jesus. What are you doing with your life? Amen? That's what Gnosticism was about, the more knowledge. Who cares about Jesus? Well, I thought the whole thing was about Jesus. Yes or no? Yes or no? Say. You know we have people today in the Christian church that worship Paul. Excuse me. Excuse me. Absolutely. They, they won't even read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They just spend most of their time on the Pauline apostles' epistles because these are their epistles written to the church. Did you know I think what Jesus said is pretty important? Yes or no? Say. Okay? I think we need to read the whole Bible. Amen. Y'all with me? Okay? Not trying to be ugly, but I'm going to be that if I have to be. Okay? Let's go to the Scripture now. So now we know this old man, old, old. Okay? He's fighting back. He doesn't like to see this error. Let me tell you something. It's more about it's about Jesus. It ain't just about you knowing more and more and more about whatever. Okay, and he's going to fight back. Let's read that which was from the beginning, verse one. That which we have heard John writing, which we have seen with our what eyes. Now, what did Gnosticism say that Jesus didn't really exist personally? You see how he's starting off say, which we have what. Looked upon, and our hands have what? Handled, say that with me, of the what? The word of life. Now, you know John wrote the book of John as well. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. How does John start off? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and nothing was made that was made. Amen? So you see how over here in 1 John, he calls him the what? Word of what? Life. If you want life, you need to know him. Okay? For the life was manifested, and we've what? We've seen it, and we bear what? Witness. And we show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father. We saw eternal life, guys. And his name is Jesus. Okay? So if you minimize Jesus, you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe he really existed, that's what they were teaching. John says, you have totally screwed up. Amen? Say. Keep looking. That which we've seen and we've heard. We heard him. We saw him. We declare unto you. And I love this verse because we use it at fellowship a lot. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have what? Fellowship with us. And truly our what? Fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, who? Jesus Christ. So let's unpack that a little bit. This was an urgent message that John was giving. He didn't waste any time out of the gate, verse number 1, going right to the heart of his argument. Yes or no? Amen? Four times he refers to what he's seen. You know, nothing will shut people up quicker than somebody going, I saw it, hush up. Amen? Say and that's what he does. The old man says, look, four times he refers to it right out of the gate, what he's seen or looked at. Twice he uses what I heard. I heard him. You, you jokers out there saying Jesus didn't really exist. Look, I saw him. And two, I heard him. All right? Twice to what he was proclaiming. 
So, this is an urgent message right out of the gate. John wants to make it abundantly clear that what he had witnessed is no what? Figment of his imagination. No what? Invention of his own, of his own making. And pop up the next one. That is, Jesus was not a phantom. He was not a phantom. He was not a vision, John says, but he was a what? And guys, here's the challenge for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the only begotten of God, that he was born of a virgin? Yeah, I don't understand all that. I don't either, but by faith I believe it. And see, by faith you can be wishy-washy, or by faith you can be strong. I choose to be strong. I choose to let every man be a liar and God be true. You can, you, can, you can let every man be true and God be a liar. That's your choice. That's not my choice. Because the Bible tells me, Gary, let my word be true and God be true. And somebody that counteracts, counters this word, okay, that says it's not true, they're the liar, not me. Yes or no? Say. Now, that's up to you to believe that way. That's what I believe. The Bible says without this kind of faith, you can't please him. Okay? Are you all in for Jesus? Or are you like just your toe in the water? Oh, by the way, I got these new shoes. You see them? Look at them. Look at these. Look at these shoes. They're like a they're like a hundred and thirty dollars shoes. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Now I'd have stole them from somebody if we didn't have law and order. But since I can't steal, since I can't steal, I still try to steal them at a store. Amen. For ten dollars. Ten dollars. Anyway, back to the message. Here we go. Two things here. Two things when John's writing. He has the credentials of a what? You know what? People's got all kinds of opinions about all kinds of stuff. But like I said, somebody that will shut the whole thing down and shut everybody up is a guy that walks in and says, I was there. I saw everything. Uh, well, well, yeah, but I heard. Well, how about you sit down because you didn't see it? I want to hear from the man right there that's a witness. Is that how courts run? Say, not hearsay. I want to see a witness. Isn't it interesting that Jesus has called us to be witnesses? Go into all the world. Are you a witness of the faith that, has, that you have in your life? Yeah, you are, if you have it. Okay? You're the best witness anybody will ever see because you're talking about the, the Jesus in your life. You're talking about how he came into your life. That's what people need to hear. Real people need to hear real stories from real people about a real Jesus. Amen? John says, I was there. He personally experienced what he's bearing witness to. This carries a lot of weight, I'm telling you. Number two, his role is only that of a witness. Gosh, we could learn this at, at church. It would help us a lot. He is, his role is a witness. He doesn't want to draw attention to himself. Guys, our role is to draw attention to ourselves. Look at me. Look, I'm better than you. Look how many uh, you know, books I've read. How many I've done. Are you kidding me? Our role is, a, is, to, is to, for people to see him through us. Amen? And that's John's role. He wants people to know the reality of Jesus Christ. That's why he's writing this little book. Keep looking. This is similar to what he wrote about John the Baptist. Now, he wrote the book of John. John the Baptist didn't. But he wrote about John the Baptist when the book of John was written. And John the Baptist said of himself, say it with me, he must increase, but I must what? And that's the same attitude that the old apostle has. Guys, this ain't about me. This is about you've run off the rails. You're saying and you're believing. And you're hearing these people. 
Oh, they're so much smarter than me. No, they're not smarter than you. They're pretty stupid. That's what John's saying. If they don't believe in the real Jesus, that he really lived, that's like the stupidest thing on the planet. Because I was there. I watched him. I heard him from the cross say, take care of mama. And you trying to tell me he isn't alive, that he didn't live, you've lost your mind. Y'all hear me? Yes or no? Amen? That's how he's presenting this book. That which was from the beginning again, which we've heard, which we've seen with our own what? Which we've looked upon and our hands have actually handled. We touched him. He touched us. I don't know what you think about Jesus, but I see Jesus as, uh, because, see, I love to do this. I love to put my arm around somebody. Where do I get that from? I think I got that from my father. I don't think that's something I came up with. Why do I like to get my neck hugged? Why do they tell us medically that hugging and touching is so healthy? It's just healthy. It's healthy in a relationship, but it's healthy physically. When we touch, when we hug, when we love, instead of being isolated. I'll get better, just leave me alone. That's not how I want to be. I want, can you get me something to drink? I'm not feeling good. <laughs> can you come in and hold my hand? Amen. <laughs> say, I don't know if I'm a big baby. I told Kim yesterday, she hugged me and I've gained some weight again. Okay, I'm gaining some weight. But uh, she said, uh, I said, man, I'm getting fat. She said, no, you're just thick. You're thick. So she's hugging me and holding me, and she says, you're just thick. And I said, I'm a big baby, Ada. She said, you're exactly a big baby. Yes, you're a big baby. Okay? I think Jesus loved on people. Amen? John says it. We touched him. He touched us. Don't tell me he didn't live. Don't tell me he wasn't real. Okay? Y'all feeling it now, yes or no? See what you can do? You can read a book like First John, and you can just read through it, and you can miss this if you don't really slow down just a little bit. Amen? This is the whole purpose of this book. The Word of Life. Jesus was flesh and blood. This life appeared to us. We saw Him. We testify of Him. We proclaim Him to you. This is what John's saying. Seeing is what? Experience. Have you experienced the Lord? Testifying is what? It's a witness. You're a witness. Are you a witness for the Lord? Proclaiming is what? Evangelism. Are you telling others about Christ? As opportunity is there for you, are you talking to others about, He changed my life. He can change your life. He loves me. Wow, that's something big. Whoa. He loved me. He can sure love you. Amen. Come on. You talking to people about the Lord like that? And this is what we all have when we genuinely experience the power of the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I watched my mama as a drunk come to Christ. Here's a drunk. A waitress. She did a good job at the restaurant she ran. But she didn't live life good at all. It was a wreck. She didn't know how to live life at all. She came to Christ. And that same woman who had been reckless and a hellion became just a shining light for Christ. She would talk to people about the Lord. You know what? They knew my mama and they would listen to her. (laughs) Because they saw the change in her life. Amen? 
Now, if that hell-raising drunk woman can do that, and this hell-raising son can do that and grow up and be a preacher, don't you think you can? Say, say, I can. I can. That's the message of this book. It's more than just knowing what? Facts. So many people know facts. Well, I went to churches, I was whatever. I could care less. Facts. Stuff. Do you know Christ? Do you know Him? Has He changed your life? Do you know it? When you lay down at night, you go to bed. If you don't wake up, you're going to hear, This one's with me. You going to hear that? Amen. Boy, you need to know that. Amen. Say. Come on. It's believing and knowing Him in a what? So if Satan, in his cleverness, can take away the personal aspect of Jesus, he's taken away salvation. You see that? And so John says, you're not taking away the reality of my personal Savior at all. He's alive. He was crucified. He rose again. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he's alive in me. Amen? So that's the message of this book. Now here's what I tell folks. I tell folks I'm saved because I was there when it happened. I don't know about you. I was there when it happened. I know when I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I know, even though it took a while for me to stop saying F this and GD this, it did. It took about six months for me, and I caught myself one day going, Wow, I don't cuss like I used to. Because I started to, to read, I started to live for the Lord. I started to, he was start, he was working on me. It wasn't people telling me, shut your mouth, don't say that. It was just my conscience started working. Y'all hear me, yes or no? See, now this ain't, that Gary would have kept doing what Gary does. Gary was happy doing what Gary does. But the Lord came into my life. See, I'm saved because I was there when it happened. Can you say that? John says, listen to me. That's the whole point of this book. Listen to me. I was there when it happened. These smart folk, these educators you got out there, he's saying, that are telling you it's all about getting more knowledge and facts. Listen, you need to go to their face and say, Santa Hush. Because the old man said he was there when it happened. Amen? Come on. That's what this book's about. Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. And Jesus loves you. Now, that's my message to you today, but that's John's message to us. That's what this book is about. That which we've seen and we've heard, we declare him unto you. That's why at Fellowship Church we say we love who? Jesus. And we love people. See, that's who we are. This message we have seen and we declare it unto you. Why do we declare that message of Jesus? So that you might can have what with us? That's why we exist. What's Fellowship Church about? It's about that. We proclaim Jesus, we love Him, and we love others because we want them to have fellowship with us. There is no fellowship apart from Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. There's no name given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. Don't miss what I've experienced, John says, and I'm going to forever experience. I have a relationship with Jesus, a real relationship. I have fellowship with God the Father. Don't miss the what? Don't miss the joy. The joy of knowing Jesus. The joy of when struggles come. You know that you're not walking alone. You don't have to bear that burden. 
How many would say in a very real way, Jesus walked with you during an incredible burden in your, in your life? And if you didn't have him, it would have been, it'd been pretty rough, I'm telling you. Amen? That's what John's saying. Don't let somebody that thinks they know more than you, and they're so smart, take away the reality of Jesus Christ in your life. Yes or no? I don't want to ever get that smart. Okay? Say, <laughs> where I'm doing that. You know something I've done in my life, and I just recommend it to you. If I don't understand something in the Bible, or people say the Bible's full of contradictions. You know what I've done? I've chosen to give God every benefit of the doubt. And when I get to heaven, he'll explain it to me. But I'm not going to stand in judgment over him right now. I'm going to humble myself while I'm on this earth. Amen say. That's the plan. And I would recommend that highly to you. That was not happening here. They were changing things. They were saying Jesus didn't exist. It's all about knowledge. What does fellowship mean? The word fellowship, say it with me out loud. It means what? Things in common. That's why I like to say I'm me and you're you. Okay? You don't have to be like me. I'm not going to be like you probably. That's not what it's about. It's about us. Having things in common. Not that you got to be like me or i got to be like you. We need to be like him because we're screwed up. Amen. You've heard me say that. Amen. The common thing here at Fellowship Church is we need Jesus. The common thing at Fellowship Church is that we believe in Jesus. Amen. So that's what fellowship means. John says, I saw him. I was there. He loved me. I loved him. I am an I what? Witness. What more do you need? That's what John's saying. Okay. But John also says he wants you to see him. And he wants you to know him by faith, by faith. And that's, that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit prompting John and leading John to write this book. For us, years later, we can see Jesus by faith. Remember, Thomas wouldn't believe until he saw the hands, the prints and everything. And so Jesus appeared to him later. And Jesus said to Thomas, because you've seen me, you what? Believe. But he's, this is us, guys. We're in the Bible. Look, blessed are those that have not seen, and yet what? That's us. We're in the Bible. Amen. Yes, we are. That's us. Come on. Do you believe? And you don't have to believe blindly. That's why you have the Bible. That's why you've got old men like John who stand up and take a stand and write a book so they can speak their heart years later. Okay? He's the word of life. Faith comes from hearing the what? The true word. How can I believe, Pastor? You believe by hearing the word. Most of my talk this morning has been on the word. I've been talking about the word. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the what? The word. Now, God uses people like me and you to tell people about Christ. Sure. But instead of just telling them what happened to us, we need to make sure what happened to us was the word was based on the Scripture. Jesus happened to us. Say that with me. Jesus happened to us, okay? And that's what we need to share with people. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by who? Well, I was taught another way. Well, you were taught wrong. Excuse me. Yes or no? Am I going to believe you? No. I reject all ways except the way. Why wouldn't I? Yes or no? If a sign says, this is the way. To a town. What am I going to do? Make a left? No, I'm going to go this way. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
at him as God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you will seek the Lord, the Bible says you'll find him. Amen? I can't find Jesus because you ain't looking. Amen? Come on. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be what? Saved. For with the heart man believes, down deep, not just up here, I'm smart, look at me. How about down deep, where you really live and where you really know you? You know your thoughts, you know your life, and you know the crap. How about down deep? Dealing with God down there and saying, you know what, down deep inside of me, I confess that you're my Savior. Because see, down deep, I know I'm screwed up and I need you. That's the truth. No matter how I might appear out here, I need you, Lord. And what you confess from down deep comes right out of your mouth. Amen? Talk to him about it. Receive the word of life. That's what this first four verses are. You're no less than I am, John's saying. And I'm saying that to you as well. I am no better than you. You're looking at a sinner up here. Amen? How many struggle with sin this week? Put your hand up if you did it with me. Come on. <laughs> I did. Don't put me up here. I'm right here with you, man. I need Jesus. Okay? You too can have this fellowship. You mean, Clark, you struggle with sin and yet you have a relationship with God? I sure do. <laughs> Amen? And you can too. Praise God. The message has not changed. It's the same as from the beginning, John says. It was proclaimed and fulfilled by Jesus. We heard it. We saw it. We experienced it. And now we want. Never about us knowing more. Wish you knew as much as I know. How many like hanging out with people like that, say? They're always telling you how much more they know than you and you don't. I mean, who wants to hear that, say? How about Hush. All right, how about come on down with the cookies where I'm at? I'd like to eat some too. Can we get on down here? Say, you must receive Jesus Christ, the true word of life. Listen to me, if you're ever going to have fellowship. If you're ever going to have fellowship with him and with the Father and with the Holy Spirit and with us, other believers. Now look, I'm going to love you. I'm going to be your friend. But unless you know Christ, we'll never have fellowship in Christ. I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to keep trying to share Christ with you. But ultimately, it's going to be your decision if you're going to say yes to Christ. I want to be saved. I'm a sinner. I can't do this on my own. I need him. Boy, that's a fellowship you and I need. Amen? Keep looking. Jesus Christ, the word of life, he is our what? He's what we have in what? Common here. Amen. True Christian fellowship is sharing the same experiences, the same experience of being what? So true fellowship is more than us having a meal around a table and, and laughing and kicking back. Hey, 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 I love you. Hey, hey, me too. How'd the ball game go? Yeah, hey, I love all that stuff. But true Christian fellowship is being saved and sharing the same personal Savior with each other. Amen. Now that is true Christian fellowship. And out of that comes some great fun. Amen. And some great family and relationships. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That's why we say we love Jesus and we love people. Because we want people. We want those relationships. Beautiful. He is our word of life. And these things we write unto you that you're what? Joy might be what? Full, complete. 
Pop it up. We got to fly now. Joy is the abiding presence of God. John says, I wrote this because I want you to know that Jesus is alive and he can live in you. The abiding presence of God. Now, here's how I say it as a southerner. What does joy mean to me? It's the abiding presence of God, you know, in the seminaries. But in Gary's world, it's God lives in my house. Can you say that with me? God lives in my house. See, that's joy right there. And nobody, nobody can take that from me. Amen? What if this happens, Pastor? Well, I've had a lot of that happen in my life. And guess what? Guess who's still here? Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Say. You ever had somebody walk out on you? Hurt you real bad? Let me see your hand. Hurt you. He didn't. Amen. Say. Come on. He loves you. You lost somebody you love to death? Say. They're gone. I don't have them. I don't have them. You have him. He's alive and he has them. Amen. Come on. You got to believe like that. This is a beautiful thing. So the word of life, the God of light, we're moving. Probably going to have to fly this last part, Raj. The God of light, the God of light. This then is the message which we've heard from him and declare unto you that God is what? And in him is no what? Darkness at all. God is light. God is manifested as light in the Bible. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty who covers thyself with what? Light as with a garment. God is manifested as light in the scripture. He's manifested his light in the book of Revelation. He had in his right hand. This is interesting. It's John. It's John on the Isle of Patmos writing the book of Revelation. He saw Jesus out of his mouth with a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was what? As the sun that does what? Shines in its strength. You talk about light. That's light from 10 to 2. 10 to 2, that's the sun. Go look at it. That's the, that's the countenance of God. That's how bright he is. And John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as what? Dead. Amen. And that's what you'll do. God is light. Keep looking. He's manifested his light. God's written word is called what? Light. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a what? Light unto my path. So God is light. God's salvation is light. The Lord is my what? Light and my what? Salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord's the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So John says, verse 5, God is light. There is no darkness in God at all. Period. But we say stuff. I can't believe God let this happen. Did you know God? God's a God that's completely holy. Yes or no? Stop doing that. Start doing like we did today. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. Instead of letting Satan get you to think that God's out there trying to pick on you or something like that. That's not God. Yes or no? God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. Amen. Don't let anybody pull you from that. Somebody says they're smarter than... Oh, that's what John's countering here. Let me tell you something. God's a good God. Flat out. You cannot see light. Now, this is important. You cannot see light. But we think we do. We're looking up there and I'm seeing light. I see light. What are you talking about? I can't see light. No, you're seeing something that's giving off light. You can't see light. But because of light, you see everything else. We turn off the light. We can't see squat. Right? Say. But because of light, you can see everything. And the Bible says God is what? 
light. You'll never, ever see yourself like you really are and who you can be until he is in your life. And he'll expose things. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I was this one. I can't believe I was so stupid. How many have ever said that before? I can't believe I was so stupid. Well, the light's been turned on. The light's been turned on. God is what? Light. And that's why you need His Word in you. Your Word's a lamp into my feet. It's a light into my path. I need more Word because I need more light. Yes or no? What? Joy is knowing you're never alone. That was verse 4, but you had to get it out, didn't you? That's okay, girl. That's okay. God is pure light. He's never what? Diluted. His light shine, His light is to shine in and through and out of who? Us. He called us light. Your light, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works so that they, so you can brag? No, so that they can glorify your Father which is in heaven. We live in a dark world. It just makes so much sense. He's light. The world's dark. Can't see light. But if I go out as a light, it's not about them seeing me. It's about them seeing God. It's about them seeing themselves. It's about them seeing hope. It's about them seeing love now because the light's on. The light just entered the room. Amen? I tell people about my mama. After mama got saved, and if mama walked into this place today, she'd light this place up. That's who she was. She had this radiance about her, a countenance about her. She was saved because she was there when it happened. Amen? And that's the way she was. That's what God wants for us. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, we lie. We're not doing the truth. That's not right. Continuing to practice darkness is not truth. It's not light. It's not of God. It's not a faithful witness. It's a mixed message we're sending out there. We're turning the light on for people. I'm a believer. And then we do something stupid. Look, you're in the dark again. Come on, guys. Let the light shine out of you. Keep the light on. Amen? That's what he's saying. We are lying to ourselves if we think we can have fellowship and a complete fulfilling of joy if this is our life. Now, see, God's faithful. If you put your faith in Christ, I believe you're forever saved. I believe that. I believe the Word teaches that. However, 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 your fellowship is not there with God. Amen? How can it be if you're walking in darkness and He is light? How can He shine through you if you're full of darkness? That's craziness. It's not going to work. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have what? Fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God. His Son cleanses us from all what? Sin. Sin. And we need to always keep that about. Because of the shed blood of Jesus, we're able to walk in the light. And we're able to have fellowship. What happens when I sin? I confess my sin so that I can stay in the light. Yes or no? And when I don't confess my sin, I'm sliding back in the darkness. I'm losing the power of a witness. I'm not a help to anybody. Keep looking. Got to fly. I think we got to fly. I thought I said that because of the shed blood of Jesus. We're able to walk in the light and have fellowship. Let's keep moving. Fellowship with God is always in the what? There is no darkness in Him at all. We're moving. We personally recognize our need for the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ because of our what? Part of walking in fellowship, guys, is to continually know that Jesus' blood is there and it's cleansing you. 
Yes or no? Because we still have flesh. We still sin. I don't know what planet you live on if you don't. I still struggle. I still want to do the wrong thing. I still like things that aren't right. I don't know about you. I do. But because of the light and and the word, I have to say no or I have to turn right. I have to go a different path. And when I make the wrong turn, I've got to confess the blood of Jesus. Yes or no? Does that sound familiar to some of you in the room? Okay. If we say we don't have sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth ain't in us. He's not necessarily writing this to lost people either. He's writing this to the church. Don't get so smart that you don't think you have sin. I think that's what the Gnostics had done. They had gotten so much knowledge. Look at us. You can come up on the pier with that. Except they were creating something that wasn't real. You can read till the cows come home. At the end of the day, you're still a sinner. And you still struggle. I believe that. The continued acceptance of the shed blood of Jesus Christ on our behalf is an ongoing part of walking in the what? Don't deceive yourself that you think you don't need the Lord, that you don't think that you still struggle. Don't deceive yourself. That ongoing conscious awareness that I need the blood of Jesus because I'm, i got some issues. To say we have no sin or that we don't need to continually need the cleansing blood of Jesus is just what? Fooling ourselves. It isn't true. And then this great verse that we all like to quote. If we confess our what? Sins. He's faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As we walk in the light, we confess these sins and we continue to walk in this light. Fellowship with God will always be characterized always by walking in the light. By going in truth. By living as God desires us to. True fellowship will always be characterized that way. As we recognize what is impure, what is not truth, what is not right, we do what? We confess it to the Lord. This isn't right. I was wrong. Help me, Lord. I need help. I'm struggling, Lord. Help me. Your blood that I believe in, cleanse me, Lord. Help me to know I'm clean. Now, we can see our sin because God is light, and he forgives us because we are what? Don't you like that? Come on. We're forgiven because we're his. Thank you, Lord. Fellowship is a living relationship with God. It's having true faith in Jesus Christ. It's being empowered by the Holy Spirit. That is true fellowship. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word ain't in us. If you say you don't have sin, you must be reading another Bible. Amen, say. If we claim we've not sinned when the light of God shows us we have, who's the liar? We are. His word has no place in us. Oh, I've had people come to me in counseling, living in sin, doing horrible things, and they try to rationalize it with me. Or as a counselor, as a preacher, they want my little stamp of approval. I ain't giving no stamp of approval to that kind of mess. Yes or no? I want to reach across the desk and choke them. Okay? And I've had it happen a couple of times. I felt bad after a couple of counseling experiences. I didn't throw somebody through a window. Okay? But thank God I didn't. I'd be in jail. Come on. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. And I don't, I'm not pointing out anybody in particular, but... I had a guy one time come to me, and he was having an affair. 
And he tried to show me and tell me that, this, this, that his relationship with his wife wasn't good and that this was right. How do you think Gary responded? I'm the worst person to talk to if you want to rationalize your sin, especially in an area of an affair. Now, if you want help and you want truth and you want light, then I'm good to talk to about that. Amen. Say. And you fill in the blank on any other sin. My little children, I'm just going to go two verses, not going to explain it much. My little children, these things, the same, he's saying the same thing, just hitting it one more time. These things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have a what? An advocate with the Father. His name is who? Boy, isn't Satan clever trying to make you think Jesus really wasn't a real person? Boy, we lose it all if we lose Jesus, don't we? And he is the propitiation. He's the sacrifice. He is the continual sacrifice for our sin. His blood cleanses us from all sin. He's the propitiation for our sin and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole what? World. Whew, I'm lost. I'm wore out now. Here we go. What does God want from us as believers? Here's what God wants, and we're done. He wants a sincere commitment for us to walk in the light. That's what he wants out of you. He wants you to sincerely commit to walking in the light. You're saved. You put your faith in Christ. He wants you to commit now to walk in the light. Amen. And he wants you and me to have an honest confession of our sins. Stop the game playing. Walk in the light. And when you're not in the light, don't make excuses about it. There's no darkness in him at all. He's faithful and just to forgive you. Be honest with him. Down where? Not just in your knowledge. God wants to get down to where you really live. Amen? I'm saved because I was there when it happened. Can you say that? Can you say that? My prayer for you is that you'll be able to say that, Pastor. Say that to me. I want to say that, Pastor. I was there when it happened. Amen. Let's praise the Lord for his word. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. What a great person.